Action Radio. I am Carla Stillwell. Welcome to Collaboration Radio at the intersection of art, activism, and social change. And that those were the sweet, sweet sounds of a lady D. <laughs> yeah. I'm Anthony Mosley. Carla and I are here to uh, kick up some dialogue around art, activism, and social change here at 4 p.m. Central on 820 AM WCPT, Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio. We're also streaming live right now. I am coming into focus at the hands of our director of photography, Henry. Hey, Henry. <laughs> hey, y'all. And, um, and we're also on YouTube, and you can get us in the near future on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have a great uh, couple shows. We, I think we've been on a run. Okay. Uh, the Vasile show last week was incredible. Mm-hmm. And today we have our dear friend... David Cherry in the studio with us. David Cherry is my boyfriend. <laughs> I wink at him all the time. Oh, thank you so much, Carla. I love you immensely, Carla, and I uh, love you too, wait, Anthony. Wait, wait, we're all three holding hands. <laughs> all three holding hands. Family. There we go. There we go. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. Family. David <laughs> Cherry, who they named the Cherry after. <laughs> Clever Action Radio is sponsored by the Joseph and Bessie Feinberg Foundation and donors and members just like you. If you like our programming and our 32 previous podcasts that you can listen to on Spotify and the stuff we're going to do every Saturday at 4 o'clock, please make a donation. Become a member for as little as a dollar a month. Or, you know, if you don't have the cash, but you got some real estate, you can always bequeath us something in your will. Because we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Take the energy that you don't need, also known as cash, and let us do the work of hiring artists to tell their authentic stories to bring us all together. That's Collaboration. We're also sponsored by AV Chicago. Chicago's leading provider of AV production and event management services. Go check them out at avchicago.com and Ethos Collective. Ethos Event Collective is a purpose-driven destination and event management company that seeks to become a trusted strategic ally to your business as they create authentic experiences that align with your goals, delight your audiences, and generate impactful outcomes. You can reach them at www.ethoseventcollective.com. Yeah. Ethos uh, produces our gala, the Utopian Ball. Every year. It's going to... Without fail. Yeah, uh, we're November 5th. We're already scheduled for next wow, year. Wow, that's great. That is great. Looking forward to that. 
what else is going on, Anthony Mosley? Well, you know, we got some stuff going on. But you have something going on first. We have a little collaboration field trip to go check it out. Well, first of all, happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. And um, I don't know if you all know this, but I am Black History. Um, I have a show um, with Impact Theater, which is um, Chicago's African-centered theater, 32 years. Um, I used to be the artistic director over there. And they are remounting a show I wrote in 2010 called Tad in Fifth City, and it is running now at the Greenhouse Theater Center, 2257 North Lincoln Avenue. You can get tickets at www.mpaact.org. They are running until Thursdays through Sundays until March 3rd, and... um, it has a wonderful review now in the reader, so you can go read about the show if you'd like. Uh, and um, February 15th, we will be having a special show where I will be there. And it is a collaboration night out where the board will be there. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we're going to do a crucial conversation um, with uh, some social justice and um, child welfare, welfare specialists around um, trauma after the show. So if you come out, tickets are $46. And if you use the code Carla for the 15th of February, you will get a discount. Oh, no, I'm looking forward to it. Yay. You're going to be there. Yay. I'll be there. Anthony's going to be there. And then then one week later will be the screening of the feature film, Trial in the Delta, The Murder of Emmett Till. We Mm -hmm. adapted the... um, Missing trial transcript of the state of Mississippi versus the men who killed Emmett Till to a teleplay with NBC, which has now won two Emmy Awards. And you can watch that on Peacock. We then did it as an immersive mm-hmm. play staged mm-hmm. at the DuSable Museum. And on the closing night of that um, run, we filmed it with seven cameras. And we'll, we made a feature film out of that footage shot in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be screening that for the cast and crew and special friends. And there are a small number of tickets available to the public. So um, join us at the Wayfair Theaters in Highland Park. Wayfair Theaters is, an, is a really special place. They don't show violent movies. Yeah. So anything that exploits yeah. violence... They um, stay away from, and there, uh, there's also Wayfair Studios in L.A. that has a bunch of great um, films. We sure would love to join the, uh, the portfolio out there. Yeah, and um, they have a new show actually called a uh, documentary called Racist Trees. Wow! And, yeah, it's an, it's wow. about a bunch of tree, a grove of trees that were built as a wall to keep the golf course. Mm. separated from the black community. And he took down all the other trees, but they left up those. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting. There are so many stories like that. Yeah. There are so many stories of the, the, that's the story of Central Park. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That is the story of Central Park. Central Park was a thriving um, um, post-reconstruction 
black community Mm -hmm. and it was decimated with the excuse that they were going to make green space. So Mm -hmm. that is why there is Central Park in New York. Yes, yes, yes. Trees used for evil. Yeah, that is such a uh, uh, so many tragedies throughout American history, you know, and um, and it's so appropriate, you know, here in Black History Month that, you know, that we are going to uh, begin sharing, you know, some of that or resharing some of those, um, you know, traumatic uh, stories as well as some of the triumphs. You know, that's what that's what black history is all about. It's you know tragedy what? and triumph. So come out and join us on February 22nd. Yeah. At the Wayfair Theater, 7 o'clock show for Trial in the Delta. There'll be a crucial conversation afterwards. And then also, Clabber Action is currently accepting uh, resumes for our youth program this summer, The Light. Yes. We have auditions uh, at the end of February and early March. We'll be at the Gary Comer Center in South Shore. Mm-hmm. We will be at the K. Ryan Center in the Austin community, right next to the Catalyst School over there. We'll also be at an Ukrainian village at Shy Arts. And then we'll be um, holding auditions at a really cool place called the Kimball Arts Center in Humboldt <laughs> Park. <laughs> so if you know any young people that like to sing, dance, tell stories, write... Um, play the guitar, perform, and they also are passionate about social change and social justice and doing the right thing and building a better world, send them our way. Maybe they'll get paid $18 an hour to be part of our group and make work and tour and and share their world. And then also, uh, All Stars Project is um, accepting some applications right now for another project. David, will you tell everybody about that? Well, thank you, Anthony. First of all, I'm going to uh, share this... uh uh, the collaboration opportunity for auditions with some of our all-stars young people. It nice. just seems like a fantastic, fantastic uh, opportunity. And you're right, um, uh, Anthony, um, you know, the all-stars project, um, well, just, you know, we were founded back in 1981 in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, it was founded by community activists and organizers, mostly working in the South Bronx and Harlem. And from New York City uh, in 1981, we expanded to um, to uh, Newark, New Jersey, um, in nineteen ninety nine, and then to the San Francisco Bay Area in two thousand and five. I was asked to, to found the All Stars Project of Chicago in the year two thousand and seven, and I'm very proud of that. And then we also um, have uh, the All Stars Project of Dallas, which was founded in two thousand and thirteen. And so, um, so we've been having young people from various parts of the city of Chicago uh, participate in our Development School for Youth program. They've had some wonderful experiences uh, um, uh, with the uh, connecting with our partners in the business community. So right now we're looking for young people who are ages 16 to 21. Um, you know, you can um, certainly send a, uh, an email to me, dcherry, D-C-H-E-R-R-Y, at allstars.org. Uh, if you would like to receive an application uh, online, um, but the but the All Stars Project uh, Development School for Youth program takes young people 16 to 21. There is no grade point average requirement to participate. So whether you're getting A's, B's, C's, D's, F's, even if you dropped out of school, the only requirement is that you're between the ages of 16 to 21. So uh, beginning in uh, March, uh, young people. Um, from various parts of the city will be um, 
traveling uh, to downtown Chicago once a week after school. Uh, they will participate in uh, professional workshops on uh, on uh, writing resumes, job interviewing uh, skills, uh, public speaking. Uh, some of our partners uh, will introduce them to the world of real estate, mm-hmm. um, uh, the legal profession, um, the accounting. Uh, so that some of the workshops will focus on different uh, professions. And then in the month of May, we'll have a really fantastic graduation ceremony with all of our young people. And then we will place those same young graduates into paid summer internships where they will earn $18 an hour working for six weeks during the summer um, at places like uh, the law firm of Neil Gerber uh, in Eisenberg or Equity Residential or um, or uh, Amity Residential or uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. There's a number of companies that um, that have really stepped up and shown that they want to be part of the solution in Chicago. And part of that is offering young people opportunities that perhaps they've never had before, an opportunity right. to, um, to uh, come to downtown Chicago and an opportunity to participate in workshops uh, uh, run by professional companies. And then a six-week internship earning $18 an hour uh, working, for, uh, working at a, a corporation uh, during the summer. And one of the things I've been impressed, um, Anthony and Carla, about our young people is that it's not something that just ends with the internship. You know, our young people continue to come back uh, and visit us. You know, we have a new hub um, uh, in uh, in uh, in downtown Chicago at 542 South Dearborn. Anthony's been there. We got to get Carla. I got to get there. Got to get Carla there, too. Yeah. It's a beautiful space where we bring together people who make up the various constituencies of the All-Stars Project, which is young people, business people, volunteers, community activists, faith leaders. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's really a, a great coming together, people from our after-school development working group, from other youth programs. Um, but our young people are very actively involved as youth leaders, uh, 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 really participating in so many of our events. So that's why I'm, I'm so proud of that because, again, it's not just they, they participate and then we don't see them anymore. They participate, they do the workshops, they do the internships, mm-hmm. and they continue to stay involved. Um, and I can say, you know, 17 years after we founded the All-Stars Project in 2007, uh, we have a number of youth leaders who are actively uh, part of the All-Stars community. Where can people go to sign up for those uh, the, the the internship? And then we're going to... Um, read your bio and oh, give okay. you a proper okay. introduction. <laughs> and you just got to work, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Um, you know they could uh, they could uh, go to our um, website, which is uh, allstars dot uh, org slash Chicago, so you could take us take you right to the Chicago operation because we are in other cities. Or you can send me a personal email if you like. Uh, D Cherry D C H E R R Y at allstars.org, and I'll be happy to communicate with you if you want to uh, 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 like to receive an application via email, if you have any questions about, um, you know, some of the uh, programs and things that we're doing. Um, we, we I, I personally would be glad to communicate with you. Awesome. So here's the thing. David Cherry. <laughs> 
is Senior Vice President, Youth Community Development, and City Leader of All Stars Project, ASP of Chicago. Since the launch of the of ASP of Chicago in 2007, David has used his 25-year history as a highly skilled and dedicated community organizer, together with an intimate understanding of ASP's approach to youth and community development, to implement two of the ASB's leading programs, the All-Stars Talent Show Network, and the Development School for Youth. He is also working tirelessly to build the organization's trademark partnership between business professionals and inner-city youth, a key to growth of All-Stars Project's programs. In addition, David is a leader in the convening community members, educators, Innovators and others in Chicago's after school arena and a key player in establishing an after school development hub in Chicago and important national growth initiative for the all stars. David is also the president of the Leaders Network, an organization of faith and community leaders that advocates for social justice, serves on the board of collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) And is a member of the Cook County Social Innovation (laughs) Commission Social and Human Capital Committee, born in Harlem. David grew up in the <laughs> South Bronx, just a couple of blocks from the once infamous Shop Charlotte blocks. Street <laughs> neighborhood, a national symbol for the poverty and devastation of America's inner cities in the 1970s. Oh, thank you, Carla. I love hearing that. I love hearing you, hearing you read the uh that little you know, history there. So thank you for that. And if you want to call in and, and, and you know, you have David Cherry's email already, but if you'd <laughs> like to join the conversation, you can call 773-763-WCPT. That's 773-763-9278. We'd love to have some callers here yeah. as we talk about David Cherry and Black History Month, where we came from and where we're going. So, David, uh, this is my question. Yes. Yeah. My superhero question. What is your origin story? How did you oh, get here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question, Carla. I really love that. Um, well, you know, I it, and, um, and, you know, for the purpose of time, I'll give you the brief version of <laughs> the it. Abridged the, the abridged version. version. But, you know, but I grew up, uh, you know, uh, you know, in New York City in uh, in in. Um, in Harlem and the South Bronx. I spent mm-hmm. about 15 years in Harlem, 15 years in the South Bronx, one year in Brooklyn. Um, you know, and so... It was a blip. Uh, but but ha- 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 South Bronx first or Harlem first? Uh, Harlem first, yeah. It was ha- Harlem, Harlem first and then, and then the South Bronx. And then I came back to Harlem, so it was, uh, so it was, it was, it was definitely, uh, definitely a beautiful experience growing up, uh, growing up there. Uh, my father... Uh, was an activist. My parents were from the South. My father was from South Carolina. My mother was from Alabama, and they met in New York City where I was born. And then, and for my father, he met um, uh, Malcolm X in 1959. Mm. And oh, and my father was o- always a lifelong Christian, but he appreciated Malcolm X's militancy and just you know would come to the meetings all the, you know all the time sometimes he would bring me as a toddler you know uh to to some of the meetings there and he remained with Malcolm even after um after Malcolm in 1964 formed the organization Afro-American Unity 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was at the, my father was at the Audubon Ballroom on February 21st, oh, wow. 1965, when Malcolm X was assassinated. So, um, and then, you know, my, my mother, I really, my mother taught me how to read and write at an early age. You know, my handwriting I have now is still my mother's handwriting, you know, so I, I, I developed a sense of um, community from my parents, you know, mm-hmm. kind of an interest in not just uh, trying to achieve things for myself, but, you know, I was always helping out my fellow students in, in class. Like, I was always wanting to see other people uh, be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, my current activism with the All-Stars Project really started when I met um, and, uh, a, a black woman named Dr. Lenore Fulani, who ran for president as an independent in 1988. And um, she was the first woman and the first African-American on the ballot in all 50 states. Um, when she ran in the general election in November 1988. I met her in um, August of 1989, and I started volunteering in New York City. um, And kind of fast-forwarding, it was, you know, in 1992, she ran for a second time. That brought me to um, um, uh, California, Indiana, uh, 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 Kentucky, and then Chicago, and in 1992, I decided I wanted to stay in Chicago. Like, I love Chicago. You know, I signed up for the petition campaign. I personally signed up 13,000 people, you know, in the space of two and a half months uh, here in the city of Chicago. And I just met so many wonderful people. And I decided I want to make Chicago my home, you know. And then, and then I, you know, and so I worked on the issues of fair elections and democracy and kind of leading up to um, 2006, is when Dr. Fulani and Gabrielle Kurland, who was, who was our CEO at the time, said, David, we want to start the All-Stars in Chicago. And I'd seen the success of it in New York City and Newark and heard about what was happening in San Francisco. And I said, yes, I absolutely want to do that. So then I was uh, very proud to um, uh, be the founder of the All-Stars Project in Chicago in 2007 and giving young people opportunities to be in the All-Stars Talent Show Network where they could perform, um, and um, and it's all about growth, uh, performance um, and using performance as a tool for growth and development for young people. And then in the development school for youth, young people participating in the professional workshops and to pay some internships. And now you're performing here on the radio. I'm performing today. on the radio. And you've <laughs> impacted thousands of young people. And, and you, know, you, you know, oh, we have a caller. Uh, you know what people from New York say when they first come to Chicago? What's that? Uh, <laughs> I, I love I love Chicago. I'm a native New Yorker, and I love Chicago. It's hard to go back, right? And, and, because it's so, New York without all of the stress. Yeah, and, I, and, well, some of the stress. And, and sometimes some people talk, talk it's to me. It's still stress New York. Because when they say, what, what's, what's your favorite pizza? It's like Chicago, you know? Chicago has the best pizza and the best hot dogs. Listen, and I say that as a native New Yorker. You better tell these people. When I've been into a hot dog for the first time, I said, this there's nothing I'm like home. it. I'm it's home. Snap. home. It's and, snap. and then that deep dish pizza? Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> we love Lou Malnati's. Is, uh, we have a caller. Hi, welcome to Collaboration Radio. Who's this? Yes, this is Steve from the Gold Coast. Hey, Steve from the Gold Coast. Thanks for calling Hello. in. What's happening? You're live uh, on the yeah, air. Well, uh, on the, uh, thank you. On the, on the point of Chicago versus New York, additionally, Chicago, you don't have to give up your firstborn in order to have a one-bedroom apartment here. So, <laughs> Correct. Uh, and on a, on a more serious
serious note, I was wondering if, if you could comment on, given the developments in terms of public policy on, on a lot of these fronts, especially, you know, given this court, the high court, uh, you know, we're talking about a court that was willing to strike down affirmative action that had been in place for decades, uh, attempting to level the playing field. I mean, uh, should, should we perhaps reorient some of our priorities, given the fact that uh, there, uh, there are things that are under attack that were just a given a generation ago? Let alone things, uh, I mean, I, I think reparations is, is a worthwhile cause to discuss, but let's face it, in terms of public policy, it's not going anywhere. We're having a tough time holding on to a lot of the ground that people gained just 50 years ago, let alone discussing things that, you know, go nowhere. So the question becomes, are we wasting valuable political capital discussing, discussing things that aren't going anywhere versus, shall we say, reorienting our, our Oh, we lost oh. him. You know, uh, who wants to take that one? <laughs> well, you Let know, our guests go first. He, um, well, you know, I, I, I never think it's a waste of time to discuss issues. You know, I know sometimes, you know, uh, a lot of people can get frustrated over uh, some of the uh, developments that take place uh, politically, um, you know, as a person who is, um, um, you know, who is, who's, you know, who's, an old man now who's seen a lot of stuff in my lifetime. I think the the issue that we all have to do is we have to keep um, growing and developing with each other. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, one of the things that, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was trying to create a beloved community of -hmm. people who really cared about each other and people who could help to fight together to eliminate poverty for all people of all races and, and a beloved community you know, free of the hatred and, and, and people who really care about each other. So it does matter to me, you know, how Carla is doing. It matters to me what how Anthony's doing. It matters to me how uh, other people are doing. So I think the antidote, you know, it doesn't solve everything, but the antidote to, to being frustrated is simply continuing to build and create positive things, you know, with people who uh, who truly care about each other. I, I think that... Oh. Two things can be true and things can run simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I I feel that um, there has to be a conversation about reconciliation Mm -hmm. and reparations um, for uh, there to be healing. Right. So those conversations can never stop. Yeah. But comma, (laughs) (laughs) there are some immediate issues that need to be addressed but i think it's a we get ourselves in a tizzy and and make a mistake when we say we have to focus on this one thing and can't focus on anything right, else right. because the root of the problem is that nothing has ever been not nothing let me say it differently america has not said she's sorry and, and 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 made amends for the her original sin of slavery. Right. And until that happens, we're going to keep bumping our heads because we will not be able to dismantle the systemic racism. There is a system in place that is broken. And until steps are taken to create correct that until all black people have health care. For the rest of their lives until all black people have education for the rest of their lives that don't cripple them and set them back Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. all black people have mental health care for the rest of their lives. until all black people don't have to worry about housing and get the land back that was stolen from their ancestors Mm -hmm. until these things happen. We're still going to be dealing with an unequal, unlevel playing field. Mm -hmm. I I was listening to Eckhart Tolle last night while I was walking Coda. 
and and he talked about politics being something that ultimately comes from our our subconscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what happens in politics at the end, the, the end results are much driven by what's under the surface. If we don't talk about the things that might, even the things that might not manifest, we need to have the dialogue because that's where people learn and learn to listen. And so, um, you know, we are such a results based culture, but sometimes the, the, you know, the, uh, um, the unstraight line is actually the best one to take. It, there has to be a paradigm shift, right? Like Barack Obama becoming president was a paradigm shift. Right. It didn't change anything substantively in policy. We can debate that up and down. But what it did do is there is a generation of children that do not uh, that don't have the same understanding that I and David had that there would never be a black president. Right. That right. that ceiling has yeah. been broken yeah. in the subconscious of a gener- of a gener- of generations to follow because it's happened. So now we there's a shift. That paradigm shift had it had a counterbalance. That people that had been given, sold the bill of goods, that that was only for white people, had to reconcile with equality in a way that made the environment that we're in now. Right. <laughs> that, that, is so, that is so important, you know. And, and I just want to say something, too, about one of the things I enjoy um, so much about being on the board of Collaboration. I'm so proud and uh uh, the, the be, uh, the be a board member and participating in numerous events. And one of the things I enjoy is after a performance, you know, the crucial conversations, you know, because it is something that, you know, when you see a, a performance that, um, you know, the audience is experiencing it at the same time, but people are having different experiences based on their own life experiences. And the crucial conversations allow people to, uh, express themselves. And you could hear from people uh, how they felt about what they just saw. So I remember one of the crucial conversations, we had at least two people who were uh, alive at the time when uh, Emmett Till was murdered. Mm-hmm. So they were able to give um, uh, everybody who was sitting in the audience firsthand accounts of what it was like to be here, um, you know, in 1955. Mm-hmm. You know, what it was like to talk to uh, some of Emmett Till's uh, relatives. Mm -hmm. And that's something that because it was a a crucial conversation was taking place, um, the entire audience was able to hear that and feel that, even though most of them weren't born yet. But it's but but, and then for the people who who were not born and people who were, you know, young people who were born in the 1990s, even, you know, 2000. Uh, 2005, you know, who, you know, um, they had a different perspective, but it's just as valuable to hear how they saw this very powerful uh, performance of trial in the Delta. So I thought, so I think the crucial conversations, um, you know, I don't know if the gentleman, uh, you know, has ever been to a collaboration event, but to me, it's almost like a, a group therapy activity yeah. that's going on. Steve from the Gold Coast, come out and see us at uh, February 22nd. Yes. Uh, there will be a crucial conversation after Trial in the Delta. Yes. But that, to that point, the other thing that was very striking about that audience is that there were a lot of elder white people in the audience yes. yeah. that heard that account yeah. and were deeply moved because they did not know. 
that yeah. this was going on down the street from them. Yeah. Like, they were not aware. I yeah. had a lot of conversations in the hallway yeah. after that show because they were not aware that this was a thing that was happening around them. Yeah. And, you know, and we have to address the bubble that when we don't t- teach history correctly and we're not honest. That's right. It You, you can't. I can't get my, my, my male sapien American family members to move forward if they don't know that all of these things are going on around them. That's, that's when exactly they're being right. kept ignorant. Yes, right. That's right. And Mamie Till's decision to have uh, an open casket is uh, something that it was so historic because what happened to Emmett Till was not the first time something like that had happened. No. It, it happened many times before. And oftentimes, um, the uh, the uh, the people at the funeral homes say closed casket, closed casket. You don't want anybody to see. She said, "No, I, I need everybody to see what he did to my boy." You know, and I don't, and, and I think just to that too. This is you guys know I get on my history like rants. Yeah. I think people need to understand what was happening. It was the summer yeah. in Chicago, right before climate change. Yeah. So this. This lady let her son's body lay in open state for days. People that were alive could smell it for blocks. Like this lady put herself through that trauma to tell the story. That's right. That's right. And one of the people who saw the photo of Emmett Till that was in uh, Jet Magazine um, in uh, 1955 was uh, Rosa Parks Mm -hmm. in Alabama. and. You know, it was Rosa Parks, um, uh, her activism on that bus, which is the thing that sparked the civil rights movement. So it's like taking the pain of what happened, extreme pain, almost undescribable pain of what happened to Emmett Till. And from that moment, from August 28, 1955, is when Emmett Till was murdered. And then just less than three months later, Rosa Parks refuses to give up a seat on that Montgomery bus and the civil rights movement begins. And so that's a part of history mm-hmm. that often is not connected. Told. Right, exactly. People don't connect the dots. They think of this, well, that's one story, and this is the other. Another, but no, it's all um, related and connected. And, you know, and again, it, it brings me back to the, to, the, um, to the courage of people, you know, of, of fighting up and standing up uh, and being active, uh, even though they risk. Um, and some people were, in fact, killed during the movement, you know, but it was um, but it was that courage. And I and I think of the people who are active, like the, the standing sitting here with the two of you and just thinking how appropriate it is for collaboration to be in a position to tell the story of Trial and Delta, because we don't just mm-hmm. do the the film and then just let it go again. It is a conversation, um, a series of conversations that need to be had. And, you know, and we're here to lead that. And it's I mean, it's just it's just it's just really a, a, a powerful story that more people need to need to hear. And collaboration is really, you know, I really appreciate how collaboration is telling this story. Mr. David Cherry, I want to go back to a conversation about all stars. It's yes. been on my mind since you were talking. Yeah. Um. There's, you know, the classic Booker T. Washington, um, uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois debate about education and for black people. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I happen to think college is not for everybody, and that's right. okay. Right. I think a trade, you know, is is perfectly fine. Um, but there there is a there's a strong debate about the best route. And one of the things that you said when you were talking about you have real estate um, um, experts that come and talk to your young people. And I don't think people understand you do not need any more than a high school education to That's take right. the real estate exam right. and to do uh, and to start a very lucrative yeah, career yeah, in your yeah. life. Um, talk to me about how All Stars um, engages with um, young people that are not interested in college that are 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 wanting a trade or or just they're not academics like that yeah well you know one of the things i'm i'm proud of uh with uh our with the all-stars activism here in chicago is that we are uh, we're, we're strong uh collaborators uh, on working with other organizations and a, a whole series of partnerships so you know there's no one way of Developing people, you know, like, right. like for our, for us, the All Stars Project, we use a a uh, performance approach to help young people grow and develop. And because for us, we see performance as something that is common among all human beings. Like we are all performers. Like that's one thing that all of us we do. That's what the human species does. We perform, right? And so, you know, whether we perform as singers, whether we perform as um, as librarians, whether we perform as someone's mother, someone's father, someone's sister, someone's brother. Um, you know, that's what the human species does. We perform. And, one, and, 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 and so an important activity that we're doing is working with, uh, and we created something called the After School Development Working Group. And we've had these after school development conferences. And so we bring people from other organizations. And in fact, Anthony has been a panelist at one of our um, uh, conferences. And so one of the things that we're trying to do, Carla, is is how do we take how, how do we work with people from the whole variety of organizations, the whole kaleidoscope that makes up, um, you know, uh, the, the nonprofit and youth programs and support you know, what they're doing to help develop young people. And so I agree with you. I think that there's some things that, um, you know, uh, uh, there's some young people who are more, who may uh, have a benefit more of getting into the electrical field, you know, mm-hmm. become an electrician. You know, I was just I was just at a Southside meeting this morning, and there was a, a woman who was leading that who's a longtime educator, and she was saying the exact same thing, you know, even as a longtime educator, she doesn't necessarily believe that college is for everybody. Right. So, uh, and she says her her brother, who is an electrician, you know, has because has has created a very <laughs> successful life for himself, mm-hmm. going in another route. So I think for us, um, and I think for all of us collectively, you know, for me as uh, you know as as uh, as an all star, and also as a person who's concerned about what's happening in Chicago. Um, I, I want I want to continue to help introduce young people to a whole variety of options. You know, like our young people should have a whole menu of things to choose from. Just like when you go into a restaurant and you have a whole menu of things you want to choose to eat that night. Well, young people should have a whole series of things that they can choose from. You know, whether it's going into business, whether it's going into college, whether it's becoming an entrepreneur, whether it's, you know, uh, taking up a trade like like electrician or or even, um, you know, auto repairs become a bigger job now than it used to be mm-hmm. because of all the technical aspects. Where, where they want to get into some of the, uh, the, the STEAM opportunities. And there was a woman I was speaking with uh, recently who was sharing that, you know, like that, that there's a big need 
to program the things you see on the expressway, you know, 20 minutes to, right. you know, to, to downtown, you know, and, and there's like a whole career, whole series of careers that many of our young people uh, aren't exposed to. So, I, so for us, um, a big thing is, is, is introducing young people to mm-hmm. new opportunities. You know, it's not putting them in, uh, steering them into one area, but our young people are often deprived of the opportunities to even know about, you know, the world around them. So we're trying to create a, a scenario where young people, you know, have a more expanded worldview where they're able to, um, um, you know, see more possibilities where we can turn around what has become a society of limitations and turn it into a world of possibilities. And so I, so I really appreciate your question because I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a, a major job for all of us collectively you know, whether it's the All-Stars Project, Collaboration, or any other groups that want to be part of this. Like, our young people need to develop. They need to grow and develop. And they need those adults who care about them to be out there on the front lines doing outreach, going into the schools. You know, because our outreach operation, we stand at transit stops. We go to the red line and the green line mm-hmm. and the blue line and stand at the transit stops where people are getting on and off the bus and the train. And then we also go to um, to the schools, you know, at the dismissal times. And then we get inv- invitations to speak in the classrooms. And then we do a lot of resource fairs. So, so, so one of the things I would definitely urge all of Chicago for whatever program you have is to... Is, is, is to try to develop an outreach operation so that you can reach these young people and let them know about the opportunities. You know, it's not, it's not a situation like if you build it, they will come. You have to actually go and, and, and invite them and, and ask them to participate. And when they participate, um, you know, you start to see, um, you know, more of the excitement, you know, for a young person when they start to see that there's adults who care about them and they start you know, come into activities, and they, then they become, you know, uh, mentors for other young people. The greatest I mean, ambassadors. They are the greatest ambassadors, Carla, because they, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just in awe of Chicago's young people. Aww. I am in awe of Chicago's young people because I've seen them, um, you know, take the trips on the on public transportation, sometimes up to an hour and a half to get uh, to workshops. Sometimes coming uh, uh, to events where it's, you know, 10 degrees, either above zero, 10 degrees below zero, or they they come in the snow, they come in the rain. It's like nothing stops Chicago's young people from the opportunities to grow and develop. I am a I am the beneficiary of uh, the Chicago Park District Theater Program. Oh, excellent! So I I I speak I speak from experience. That is how we are. That's how we're built. Yeah, to absolutely. Get, to get absolutely. on the train and to go oh, to an event. Oh, yeah, no, that's a beautiful thing. Yes. So, I, I'm. I, if you if you don't see David right now on YouTube, you know he usually has a pressed shirt. <laughs> A tie, really comfortable shoes, and a big winter jacket. Like, he is ready to go from church and then hit the hit the protest line. That's right. And then go get right. some grub. That's right. And do it all over again. That's right. How old were you when, do you remember meeting Malcolm X? I do remember, you know, the thing that was so surreal about the whole experience was, 
you know, I just saw him as like, um, you know, one of my father's friends. Yeah. You know? So I didn't realize the magnitude of who he was as this major leader, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, sometimes when my father would take me to some of the uh, meetings, you know, yeah, I would see Malcolm speaking at a microphone, but sometimes there might be times where um, we're just in a bookstore in Harlem and Malcolm X comes in and he's sitting, sitting around like, you know, five or six people. And it's like, I just saw him as one of my father's friends. And uh, it's like, as I got older, realized what, you know, like, like this man actually picked me up. And, <laughs> and I was um, hugged by Malcolm oh my God. Yeah, I know. It's like, I, could, I, I mean, it was as I got older, it became even more surreal. Yeah. You know, but the thing I remember about Malcolm X and one of the reasons I remember him so much is, you know, when you're a child and you're running around and you're being a nuisance, you know, many adults really don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Malcolm X would call over children like myself. Like, it, I, I, like we were never a nuisance to him, you know. And so he would talk to us and he would talk to us about, you know, about uh, a whole variety of things, about uh, school, about, you know, what kind of things you like to do. So I remember just the conversations. So that's one of the things I remember about him was just he was just such a— um, a, a kind and decent man, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, as I got older and my father, um, you know, kept uh, a lot of uh, recordings of Malcolm X and your playlists. It's like, like, and then, then we had conversations more about who he was. And, um, like I said, it became even more surreal, you know, that this was a man who was so well known. Mm-hmm. And the thing my father always talked about was how, um, you know, some of the controversies, too, you know, like he was not like universally beloved, like there were a lot of people who didn't like him, you know. And I, I always thought about that, like how to honor people. And this one of the things my father told me to honor people while they're alive, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that lesson really is from, you know, Malcolm X. My father saw uh, he was he lived long enough to see Malcolm's popularity grow. You know, by the time we got to the 1980s, you know, right. 20 years after the assassination. And um, and my father always wanted me to honor those folks, honor people, you know, while they're alive. Well, go go ahead. Know. Who do you want to honor right now, live on the radio? Oh, well, you know, I, I do want to, um, I, I definitely have to shout out the founder of the all, the, you know, the woman who founded, founded the All Stars Project, Dr. Lenore Falani, the person I met mm-hmm. back in 1989 and the person who invited me to be part of, of this uh, work because um, I wouldn't be doing this if it hadn't been for her confidence in saying, you know, David, um, I think you, be, you can become a mass leader. And that means a leader for all people, regardless of race or income. And, I, and she to- showed me how to do that. Um, you know, I, I also, um, you know, want to uh, recognize some of the people I work with, you know, at the Leaders Network, a great grouping of ministers like Reverend Marshall Hatch, Reverend Ira Acri, Reverend Cy Fields. I want to recognize the two of you here, Carla and uh, Anthony. You know, I mean, y'all, you know, I met Anthony back in 2014. So this is going to be my 10th year of uh, meeting Anthony. And I've been on the board for about five years. And I appreciate the two of you. I appreciate uh, Marcus Robinson. I appreciate, uh, you know, Darlene Jackson. And, yes. you know, so I, I, I want to give you your flowers while you can smell them, you know. And I want to, you know, I, you know, and, and it's so important, I think, you know, to, to um, you know, that we recognize the people you know, who are doing some good things, who do care about other people. You know, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, not everybody in this world 
cares about other people. We're, you know, people often taught to be selfish and, mm-hmm. you know, and to do your own thing that's going to benefit you. But what does, what does it mean when you are creating something where you're giving people uh, opportunities? And I love what's happening with the, you know, with the light. You know, I got to give plug to that. I definitely will be telling our all-stars young people about that because that's a beautiful opportunity to uh, have a chance to perform um, and a chance to get paid and do something that is fun and developmental, as we say at the All-Stars Project. Right. Like performance is a, a key component with helping people grow and develop. So thank you for giving me the opportunity just to recognize a, a, a few people. Um, but I, I, I just love rec- you know, honoring people while they can hear the words. Mm. Don't wait until they're gone and then cry over them. I mean, you want to recognize them while they're here and thank them for you know, for their lifetimes of service. Well, David Cherry, we recognize you <laughs> and we so honor much. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for thank being you. here with thank us you. today. Thank you. Thank you. We have a thank few minutes so much, left. If, we have a lot of minutes If somebody left. wants to call in 773-763-WCPT to honor somebody and give them some flowers on the air. Absolutely. You know, we, we're, we're, we're here for it. We're not yeah. scared. Um, what, what, You've seen a lot. So yeah. when were you born? I was born in 1960. 1960. Yeah. What do you hope to see in the next 10 years? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, you know I, I, I would hope that we create a world that is, you know, and, I, and, I, and trust me, you know, you can't help looking at the news and it's nothing but violence and war and killing and everything else that's happening. So, you know, I, I you know, uh, I do see what's happening, but I, I hope that we can create a world, um, you know, where people don't get up in the morning, you know, with a deep hatred for other people, you know. Um, the one thing I do have a lot of hope with many of our young people, because I talk to them all the time, and, it's, and they have a, many young people I speak with have a, deep um uh concern for other people you know and 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 it's like it's it's a beautiful thing to witness that mm-hmm. because you can see the future is bright or can be bright but then we have to make sure that these same young people have opportunities to express that you know where they're mm-hmm. not just you know um uh expressing something that's hopeful and then that hope gets dashed by a world that can be so cruel and cut people down. And, and um, you know, um, I mean, right now we even have two young people um, who are um, who are now on our local All-Stars Project in Chicago board. I got to shout out those young people, too, Dawn Harris and Jocelyn Vega, you know, two of our young people, two young women in their 20s who are now on our board. And they, they have so much, they have so much hope to do good things. You know, I was talking to them about uh, 10 days ago, and, you know, they're, creating a, uh, an all-stars uh, a, a, a alumni uh, council mm-hmm. where they're trying to, where they, where they, where they want to bring in even more of the alumni programs. And they just have such beautiful spirits about wanting to create a better world. And that's really what I want to see. You know, when I, you know, um, you know, as I continue to get older, you know, I feel a hopefulness about seeing people who are continuing to do things, you know, for other people. And, I know a better world is possible. You know, like, again, sometimes you look at the news and, you know, and I do know how, you know, maybe the gentleman who called up earlier can feel 
you know, sense of despair. But, you you know, we can't we we don't have the luxury mm. of sitting around getting frustrated. Mm. We don't have the luxury of wallowing in despair like like we we got to reach out like when you feel upset about something is stuff that's legitimate to be upset about, especially when you look at some of the things you talked about, Carla, some of the things, um, you know, that affect so many people in our communities, mm-hmm. you know, the poverty, the violence, the losing um, children. We had three Chicago public school students who were shot over the last couple of weeks and killed. Uh, there's so much stuff that people are in pain and we can, we cannot give up. We cannot just say, we cannot crawl into the fetal position and say we can't do anything about these issues. We have to keep working. We have to keep building. We have to keep collaborating. We have to keep working with each other and embrace each other and try to make the world a better place. Absolutely. And these Gen Zs, man, these yeah. little, they're little fighters. They are. They, they are, are little fighters. They are, they, are, they are amazing. I mean, they are creative and they're wonderful. And, yeah, want to definitely want to support them. Well, again, we want to thank you so much thank for you, coming Carla. to be with us. Um, one more time, it's the All Stars Project. It's allstars.org, and you can reach David Cherry at dcherry at allstars.org. Yes. If you want to get your young folks or you want to um, give that information to your your kids, your grandkids, um, and get them involved in these uh, vocational conversations yep, and yep, training yep. and help to um, grow and make money and be better and make our city so much more peaceful and bright. That's right. If you enjoyed today's show, go to cleveraction.org and learn more about our 501c3 arts organization that incite social change through radio, theater, crucial conversations, and more, and become a member for as little as $1 per month. $1. We did it. I think that's show 32? $1. Or 33? Show 33? Maybe? Yeah, go to Spotify Spotify and they all have a number next to them. Go on in, go on in, go on. Well, that was fun. What'd you think, David? Oh, that was fantastic. I I enjoyed it immensely. This was... This is been I feel right at home here. This is great. You know, you want to throw down a couple couple bars for us real quick? Oh, you know, they might put 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 the, put this off the air. The South Bronx. <laughs> is it the South Bronx. That's the South Bronx. Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> David Cherry. Hey, hey, I just want to say this is. I I, I I can't sing, but I can say this is a beautiful, beautiful group of people. Thank you so much. I love you both. Love you. Thanks for joining us, David. (laughs) Yeah.